take a little trip with me and hopefully you can see how the hood, suburbs, and main street are all connected. Enough respect, I mean, we network across the globe cause it's a global market in case you didn't know. And since we all about information flow, let me be the first one to welcome you to Tech Zone with whole Amadeus Lane. Let's talk tech cause technology changing the game. It's all good in the hood, it's everywhere. Now let's get to the show cause we live on air, yeah. This is the Tech Zone. I am Paul Amadeus Lane. So happy to have you with me on the show. Subscribing, watching, listening on ABC News Radio, Keymet, watching on YouTube, you name it. Facebook got you covered. And it's an honor to have you with me. And remember, you can always connect with me, paulamadeuslane.com. That's paulamadeuslane.com. Hey, on our show. I decided that we would um, take a trip down memory lane of our coverage uh, from E3 2017. And thank you all for uh, checking out some of the live stream uh, coverage that we did with Live View and, and all the support that you guys have given the show. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. So we'll be uh, sharing some of the uh, great interviews that we uh, did during that time with some marvelous marvelous people. I wanted to start the show off with a gentleman that I met last year in Silicon Valley. Actually, before that, I'm going to show you a picture right here. Gentleman in over there, not me in the wheelchair, that's me, but Corey Rosemond. I was a part of the panel by uh, Black Enterprise that they put on for the Tech Connects Summit in Silicon Valley. I was moderating the panel with Taya Ma Taylor. Yes, the Taya Ma Taylor uh, with THX, the CEO, uh, entertainer, Ryan Leslie and Corey Rosemond. And, uh, Corey and I actually talked, uh, before the event, just to go over some of the questions that we were going to consider, uh, during the intersection of, of, uh, technology and entertainment. You gotta give a huge shout out to my girl out there. My, just one of my coolest, uh, besties when it comes to, uh, journalism and also, in the business, Samara Lynn, because Samara was the one that set this up, me moderating. So huge shout out to you, girl. But Corey just impressed me with his knowledge. And Corey uh, is the global marketing manager for Plantronics. Now, I didn't stutter. The global marketing manager of Plantronics or at Plantronics. Excuse my English. And uh, Corey is responsible for a lot of things. Very busy person. And he and I tried to get together many times at CES and before so that I can interview him and, and talk to him about some of the things that he's involved in. Corey's worked for Microsoft. He's worked for HP. He's worked for Dell. Very bright mind when it comes to gaming technology. And some of you may be familiar with Plantronics. Uh, my first, I guess, experience with Plantronics was when I had my electronic store back in the year 2000, and I used to carry Plantronic headsets, and I used to sell a lot of those. A lot of my customers really, really uh, love the way that they fit and the way they sound, and just the durability of it. Well, they have ventured off into the gaming, gaming world. Now you have heard of the term 3D video, correct? What about 3D audio? Well, Corey and his company Plantronics, what they did was merged or at a partnership with Dolby Digital, yes, to talk about 
Atmos. Now, what is Atmos? What does it mean? What does it mean for gaming? Well, I had an opportunity to catch up with Corey at E3 2017, and he explained some of the things that Plantronics is doing and why these headsets are really going to change the way that we game out there. Sean, you ready for it? Let's make it happen. Corey Roseman, how you doing, Corey? All right, man. How's it going, Paul? Great to see you, my friend. And here at E3, how's it going so far? Man, this has been a great show for us. Um, really excited to announce and talk about our partnership with Adobe and with Microsoft around Adobe Atmos for headphones, running on the Microsoft uh, gaming products, both the Xbox One series of products, as well as Windows 10 PCs. And you know, Corey, one of the things that a lot of people are familiar with now, I think it's called, what is it, 3D audio now? Is that is that a term now? I mean, 3D audio, spatial audio, dynamics around sound, these are all terms that have been thrown around recently. And what we really wanted to do is work with the experienced, proven experts on this. Uh, you know, Adobe Labs is no startup. This is a company that has for years led the way in excellence in audio quality and is enjoyed by millions of people around the world, usually within the cinema or in their home theater systems. And more recently to gamers are very familiar with Adobe Surround Sound, 5.1, 7.1 Surround Sound. And now what they've been able to bring to the market is an object-based audio solution in Adobe Atmos. And we're really excited with Adobe Atmos for headphones as it launches and as a launch partner to Adobe. And Corey, what differentiates uh, these headsets from ones out on the market? Yeah, what really differentiates the rig overall, in addition to the fact that we are going to include Adobe Atmos for headphones with all of our LX series of products, that is a global exclusive that Plantronics has with Adobe. But in addition to that, there's a lot more that you uh, have here. So within the rig LX series, you have the 400, which is going to be priced at $99.99 the rig 600 lx which is going to be priced at 129.99 and really for those that really want what i like to call a practical premium you're getting a little bit of everything but you're getting at a great value we're going to have the wireless rig 800 lx which is going to include a 24-hour battery life the most in the industry as well as Adobe atmos included as i mentioned before at 149.99 and that's Pure wireless, no cord to the controller, um, Xbox One series sound, and uh, you have that all in the rig 800LX. Wow. What I want to know, Corey, will it make my bone shake when I wear it? Oh, man. You, you will be looking around, rocking and rolling with uh, all of these rig products powered with Adobe Atmos. That's awesome. So let's talk about a little bit about the innovation behind them. Did, did you take, um, I guess, feedback from ones in the gaming community to, to make this device? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that this lineup really culminates with the five years of feedback, work, and innovation that Plantronics has had with a number of our partners around the world. Uh, we've worked with companies like Riot, Valve, Activision, ESL, MLG, Microsoft with Xbox, Sony with PlayStation, and really a host of others on a global scale to really get feedback that you see in items like, for example, with the Rig 400 LX and Rig 600 LX, you have a pro-level amp. What that means is you actually have the ability to do game chat and voice chat with an analog controller that basically goes from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock, min to max. What does that mean? That means you can make really quick, split-second 
vocal and volume adjustments while you're in the middle of gameplay without having to go back to the menu, without having to change things. So it's really on-demand gameplay, on-demand volume control. Where we get that? We got that feedback from the community. We got that feedback from pro gamers all the way down to gamers 12, 13 years old. I want to be able to change and manage and direct my sound the way I want to while in game, during the game, because conditions change within the game, especially in the multiplayer competitive environment. And what you need is the ability to switch on the fly and change your volume conditions to what you need most. You need to hit the footsteps a little bit more, you can do that. You need to actually turn up everything and um, switch on voice only, you can do that all dynamically while in game. And Corey, what I like about it too, they're aesthetically pleasing. They look sharp, my well, thank friend. Thank you very much, yes. I'll make sure to pass it on to the design team. Actually, yes, what we've done is made a headset that really gamers, while looking as great as they do, actually also a very comfortable wearing. Uh, what we feel is that, you know, really at the end of the day, and thank you for the design compliments, but the headset is the one thing when you're really gaming, like when you're really out there competing, even among yourself in solo queue, you're not going to see it. And at the end of the day, we don't want you to feel it. I mean, because if you really get into the zone of playing games and you're, you're going after your favorite uh, games, be it in Overwatch, be it Call of Duty, be it Battlefront, you name a title, you want to be able to forget that you even have the headset on. It's about I'm talking to my mates, I'm playing, we're going for the win, I'm adjusting the volume as I need to, and the rest of it's just playing. And that's one thing that we have done in our design of our headsets is really put a priority on comfort, quality, and in the case of the 800LX that's wireless, battery life. Because with that 24-hour battery life, if you forget to charge it after that eight-hour marathon you've been gaming all day, guess what? It's still going to go back and it's still going to be ready to go again. And it even includes a 15-hour quick charge that will give you an extra two to three hours of gaming. You got to have that when you're gaming, my friend. Absolutely. So which one is this right here, the one we, we have yes, right there? thank you. This is the Rig 808LX that I mentioned before. And this is actually the wireless headset. And uh, what you can notice here is that basically you're talking about one of the lightest wireless headsets in the market that does have the ability to have, once again, that 24-hour battery life. And what's more important is it actually comes with what I call three macro adjusters for, uh, for uh, actual for actual sizing. So, for example, the small adjustment is for the smaller heads out there. I mean, if you can be a child 10, 12, 14 years old, just starting to get into multiplayer gaming or just starting to really need just a wireless headset solution, uh, and this is across uh, both the 800 and the 400, it can adjust. Medium will cover approximately 80% of adults. For some of those like myself with larger heads. Like me, bro. Hey, man. <laughs> we got the large setting uh, here. And you can still have that comfortable fit without the headset really um, just being uncomfortable overall. But some people with uh, some other designs have to suffer through. But truly, you can have it here your way, even if you are in that uh, top 20 percentile of head size. And then that combines with the mi micro adjuster here that actually gives you that form-fitting, very comfortable feel while playing on your head while playing on your head. And so here you can see as I put the headset on, the um, the micro adjuster gives me that form fit while also having the stability of the overall headband. And last but not least, because of this design and because of using a headband like this, if you drop or something oh something crazy happens, 
you know, it doesn't break. This is a headset that is truly designed uh, for some wear and tear. And when the parts do maybe come out, like this, if you were to drop it and fall, it's designed to take that impact and, you know, simply adjust it. And you can put it right back in. And so that's, even for those of you that may rage quit, I know some of your audience has been known to do that here and there. And throw it against the wall, throw it on the floor, even drop it, what have you. It is definitely a headset that can um, take that and, and keep on moving and, and still bring you the quality you, you expect out of Plantronics headset. I tell you, a great, great piece of innovation, my friend. And uh, how can ones find out more information uh, about all these great products? Yeah, absolutely. You can go to www.plantronics.com gaming. Also, we are available on Amazon.com. Awesome. Corey, great talking to you, my friend, and, and much success. What you guys are doing over at Plantronics is truly amazing. Thank you very much, Paul. Take care. I told you, I am looking so forward uh, to getting some of those uh, headphones when I game. Sean, what about you? And what about you gamers out there? You guys ready for it? I mean, these are going to be unconscious. One of the things that I didn't realize when it comes to gaming, and I'm a gamer too, is that how some traditional gamers don't want wireless. They want that wire connection. I'm like, really? I mean, that's like not stepping into the age with getting a corded phone instead of a cordless phone. I mean, with I love wireless gaming. I can move around. I won't run over it with my wheelchair either. The cords. And get them all messed up. But to each his own. And uh Welcome back to the Tech Zone. I'm Yazar of Technology, Paul Amadeus Lane. And I'm telling you, I love being able to talk to you every week about technology and share with you some of the things in the entertainment world and my adventures. And you all know, I went to E3. You got a chance to check out some really cool stuff. If you've been following me on social media, you'll find out just how cool it was and you want to do that go to my website paulamadeuslane.com that's paulamadeuslane.com connect with me you don't want to miss it i'll be at san diego comic-con coming up real soon so you don't want to miss what we got in store there thanks to our folks and our friends over at uh at live you don't want to miss that when i was over at e3 i kind of had a nostalgic moment yes i'm using big words nostalgic moment think back to your first personal computer mine was kind of special to me i got mine i want to say latter part of 1993 a little before 1994 as some of you know i'm a quadriplegic and confined to a wheelchair and i stayed in the hospital for about eight months and when I got out the hospital, not being able to use my hands, um, my father, he was like, I think it's time for us to get a computer so you can do certain things at home. So my father and I, we both went half uh, on, a, on a personal computer. And it kind of looked like this right here. It had the processor in it, a 486DX2 processor. It wasn't Epson, but it had the uh, 3.5 diskette. It had the five and a quarter uh, floppy disk in it, and it had the multimedia CD-ROM. It had four gigabytes of, I'm sorry, four megabytes of, of RAM 
And uh, I think the hard drive, no, the hard drive must have been for, what well, I can't remember. And it was really small. And that's when the multimedia CD-ROM first came out. The CD-ROM by itself was like, like a grand. And I remember some of the games that I used to play on it. I used to play Battle Chess. Remember that game? How the they would battle each other, and that really taught me how to how to play chess. Then I also discovered AOL on uh, on my personal computer back then. Uh, word processing, being able to type letters now. So the computer has really helped me out in my journey um, after my after my injury. So I have a a real fondness for Intel and what they're doing and the, the personal computers that they have um, been able to put out over the years. When I was over at E3, I got a chance to go to the Intel press conference and to talk about some of the things that they are doing now when it comes to gaming and computing, because let's face it, 20 years ago, you know, I don't think the, the PC market was really big in gaming. I remember when I had mine, I, I wanted to play certain games and I could play Madden on there. I used to play Madden. But nowadays, these PCs are humming. And then if you bring up being a content creator now, you need to be able to push some, some major, major power out there. Well, I got a chance to catch up with Doug Fisher, who's a senior vice president of software over at Intel after the press conference and was able to pick his brain on what Intel is doing, the new nine core processor, <gasps> nine core, yeah, I didn't st st stutter, nine core processor, yeah. Check out my conversation uh, with Doug. Doug, the press conference this morning was amazing. I remember when it was the Intel 486 processor and software wasn't as robust as we see today, my friend. It's We have went from there to the Gorilla Core i9 Extreme Edition, 18 cores, yes, we've come a long ways. And when I heard about that, that processor, I was like, whoa, that's amazing because not only being a journalist, but a, but a content creator myself, I was like, oh, I can do this, I can do that. And speak about the, the feedback that you get from ones who, who are content creators, who are gamers, and even people who are still in business because they still use uh, the Intel product. How, how do you get your uh, feedback from that? You know, when we talk to content creators, what they want, they want us to get out of the way, as I describe it. They want to create, not wait. And so by giving them that level of power, they can actually spend more time creating. So we give them the tools and capabilities from a software perspective to help them innovate. And then we give them the power of that platform to help them move faster. So it's really allows their creative juices to move much quicker and giving them the opportunity to do that in a device like what we have with Intel. So it's great. You know, the one thing I really appreciate too, uh, you were talking about uh, in the press conference about uh, console gaming and how to bring a title to uh, a PC gaming. What's the process behind that? You know, a lot of the work goes into like the engines and the core elements of the game, making certain that those are optimized around Intel platforms, whether it's, you know, optimizing around the caching algorithms we have or the multi-core or the graphics subsystem, ensuring that we get the best, most performant power out of it at the low level engines for the physics and cloth and all the movements in a game. You want to ensure that you have the best performance. And then the product on top of that. You know, you see what's happening with uh, Destiny 2. I don't know if you saw 
It's crazy the experience uh, Tefty Teft was talking about on the PC game is so much more robust, immersive, and that's what we're seeing with the gaming community starting to take advantage of the unique capabilities of the PC. Uh, it's amazing, and, and how has software changed over the years? Because you've been in the business for a long time, and uh, what we see today, mm -hmm. did you ever imagine it? Why did you say a long time? I looked at a whole No, no, just <laughs> a few years, I'll say that. <laughs> Yeah, it's changed a lot. Uh, from my perspective, I started with working primarily with uh, PCAT compatible platform, PCAT compatible operating system in Windows, and that was it. Now you see a plethora of operating environments that people participate with, and then just the capabilities that we built into the platform is allowing us to do things we do in gaming today you never dreamed of. And where I point to a lot is virtual reality. If you've never experienced it, you really have to see what is going on with that immersive experience. In e-gaming as well as VR, you're really seeing unique and compelling immersive experiences that we just didn't believe could be possible years ago are now reality today. So I think we're just at the beginning of this amazing innovation in gaming because of the capabilities we built into our platform. And that's one of the things that blew me away too uh, with Lincoln Park. Yeah. and talking about the experience now fans can have with that in VR. Because when talking to people about VR, a lot of people are like, well, if I play a VR game, I don't want to have to hold this or hold that. But now we're talking about a whole new experience where fans can be like in a concert setting and really experience things. Yeah, we're seeing that in eSports and now in, in music. Lincoln Park has always been one of the forefront of innovation, and we worked with them for, for years doing that. And and now as a, as a concert goer, you may not be able to make it to a concert, but you want to participate. And now you can and feel like you're part of that experience and then it allows you to uh, embrace other elements of it that you probably can't do in a live venue so with VR it brings not only the richness of the event itself but gives you unique experiences unique information and opportunities you won't even have in the real event so we see lots of potential in sports music entertainment gaming has impacted all of those venues and you announced the partnership with uh, ESL yeah Let's talk about that. It's a great partnership. First, we start with Intel is now the global technology provider for ESL for their events, their, their studios, their back-end operations. So when you're participating in those events, you have the best technology. Streaming events are all on Intel's latest and greatest and best technology. So we're really excited. And then we extended that to uh, uh, the Grand Slam series that we're offering with Oculus, ESL, and, uh, and Intel. Um, sorry, Ocula, uh, sorry, Intel, uh, ESL, and, and DreamHack. We now have this Grand Slam series. So the leagues are together in this event, in this series, and the first team to get to four victories out of the, out of the 10 becomes a Grand Slam winner. So we've created that, and they get an additional $1 million on top of the prize money they already get. So we're really trying to make this like a traditional sporting event, where you have Grand Slams in tennis and golf and rugby. We're having it now in, in uh, gaming with uh, Intel ESL and uh, DreamHack. We have come a long way with technology and gaming, haven't we? We have. And, and when we think of what Intel is doing now with the gaming community, Doug, did you ever think they would have this much input from the gaming community to where Intel started? You know, I want to at least reflect back that uh, we have never stopped participating with the gaming community because we always saw the gaming community pushing the technology, continually driving us to innovate more and more. 
That said, the impact the gaming community is now having, not only on gaming, the virtuality, it's clear, but like I said, it's having impact on multiple industries, the sporting industry, the music industry, the entertainment industry. Gaming is the, it's what's driving that technology to be applied to those other segments. So gaming is instrumental. It's a big priority for us. We're building the systems to make it compelling to not only game on, but create content like yourself when I do. And, and, and Doug, um, the way you controlled the stage up there, I tell you, you were awesome up there. Is there anything else you'd like to articulate uh, to the audience out there before we let you go? Now, I think just having everybody understand our involvement, how much we want their feedback, how much we want to hear from this community about what things we can do at Intel to make that experience richer and richer for everybody. That's what we're here for. That's why I participate in all these events, to really get the pulse of what's going on. The insights come from these events, and that's why we're here. And is that contest still going on with Twitter? Uh, I'm not sure if the contest is still going on. Do you have to ask uh, ask me after this? I don't okay. know. Okay, I, I sure will. Because oh, it's not just with Twitter. Oh, you mean the ad? ad yes. Ga oh, yes. yes, Ad Gaming Intel. Ad Intel Gaming, I believe it is. Yes. So if you go to Ad Intel Gaming, you can participate. You have a chance to win an Oculus or a SUS uh, platform or an iBuyPower uh, platform. Yes, it's still going. Sorry, I was wondering. Yes, absolutely. No, awesome, because I forgot to enter, so I got to go, go into there right now. But, you have all week. <laughs> all right? Awesome. So at E3, uh, as it begins, tomorrow what are you guys going to be doing what are we going to be doing we're show, showcasing a lot of our technology up uh, upstairs here you can see what we're doing in in traditional gaming in esports you can see a lot of what we're doing there and like i said i'm a little bit biased i think the experience is so unique and so different with vr that we're hoping people experience that as well uh, the destiny 2 what we talked about on the pc you can uh, demonstrate or play, participate with it here so a lot of the unique properties that are not available today you can see on our platform and the new This is the Tech Zone. I am Paul Amadeus Lane, and I'm so happy that you are with me on the Tech Zone, staying with me through all these segments as we talk about gaming. We're talking about computing and gaming. You name it, we're teching out, and I'm so happy that you decided to stay with me. As you know, we're talking about uh, my recent journey at uh, E3, and it always baffles me. I've been in journalism uh, I don't want to tell my age here, but it's been been almost almost decades. Yeah, I'll just say it as that. And and it always baffles me whenever we go on location to to talk to someone and to interview them. They always ask a particular question when we're filming. Do you have a microphone? No, I actually came all this way without a microphone just to interview you with all the crowd noise and get some footage that I can't use. But it's, uh, it's it's funny because a lot of people don't really know what goes into preparation and things like that. And maybe they they have dealt with that uh, in the past uh, before. But but it's all good. I got that a couple times uh, when I was covering E3 and I was like, oh, you're joking right now. I didn't say that. I was nice. But the year was 1996. And this new computer company burst on the scene with a pretty cool name. It was called... Uh, called Alienware, and it boasts the ultimate gaming machine. And remember, around 1996, that's when gaming computing really kind of reached a new level because some people wanted to stay with the PC and not go over to the different um, the different gaming consoles out there. And, and some people still like that today. They are strictly 
um, computers, laptop gaming, and, and not and no consoles. So what Alienware did was create these these computers with all this massive amount of storage, speed, you name it. And they have grown over the years. Recently, uh, they were acquired by Dell. And if you notice, there's a, a bigger push now when it comes to Alienware, when it comes to marketing, and, and just overall product. Full disclosure, I have an Alienware um, laptop that I use for audio and video production when I am on the road and have to get some things done. And, and I, I really, really enjoy it. It's a pretty cool machine. I'm not telling you to go out and buy one because I am not a paid endorser of them, but check it out. You know, do, do your due diligence and, uh, and see which one, which one really fits you. Well, I had an opportunity to uh, check out their booth uh, during uh, during E3, and it was an amazing booth. You had Dell on this side, you had Alienware on this side, and and just some of the the massive things that they had going on. They had uh, people who are in esports there who were talking about their careers and their competitions, uh, you name it. And uh, they were they were they were definitely there. I had an opportunity to talk to the marketing manager there, and for the life of me, sometimes you're tongue tied and you. You mess up on a person's name. I'm going to have some bloopers one day on the show so you guys can check it out. Well, his name was Chris Supton. I said it right, right there. But during the interview, I was like, blah, blah, blah. That's the power of editing. But check out my interview with uh, with Chris about what Alienware is doing now. And uh, when it comes to a gaming computer, which one is not the best to buy, but to make sure you have enough in your system that every year you're not upgrading to a new system. So I had an opportunity to talk to Chris about that. We have all kinds of really cool stuff to talk about. We have just brought back, and I'm very proud to announce, the Alienware line of peripherals, which we have two keyboards, two mouse, and two brand new monitors. So these are really cool and exciting products that are going to fulfill your entire gaming ecosystem. The monitors have both a G-Sync and a FreeSync options. They're both 240 hertz, one millisecond response time, and all of our peripherals carry through the unique Alienware iconic design and our color schemes. Awesome. So Chris, when it comes to picking out a, a system, what kind of advice would you give ones out there? So in the gaming world, technology moves fast, and you got to try to stay one step ahead. You know, with things like VR, uh, 4K gaming, the idea here is to get yourself a rig that is powerful enough for today's games, but also expandable enough to be able to stay on top of the technology and build it out yourself as new things come along. Uh, another exciting thing that we announced is the Alienware Area 51 later this summer will come equipped with a brand new and exclusive to Alienware AMD Threadripper CPU that's 16 cores, 32 threads, or later in the summer, the Intel X-Series processors or their new Core i9, uh, both in 8, 10, and 12 uh, uh, processors. You know what, Chris? I knew it was coming. With Alienware, you better have an Alien, uh, Area 51, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's our iconic system design. You can't miss it. Um, it is a huge system. It can fit up to uh, triple graphics cards. Uh, five hard drives, 64 gigs of memory, more more technology than anyone ever needs, uh, but it'll give you bragging rights on the street. It looks amazing and it'll keep you future-proofed for anything new coming down the, ro uh, the roadmap with either VR or gaming. Chris, why is it important when you look at the system that, that you're going to get out there to kind of look two or three years down the line? Because, you know, why is that a good, good thing to, to really uh, focus on? 
Well, because technology moves so fast, uh, whether it's the graphics cards, uh, the processors with multi-core counts, frequencies, uh, even storage devices, everything is moving so fast that you want to make sure that you have a system that can take advantage of those things coming down the road. You don't want to be buying a new system every two years. You want to be able to stay on top of it and extend that to three, four, five years and get the most use out of your rig while enjoying all your gaming. And, you know, Chris, and when you look at the way technology is today, the way the games are made, did you ever think in a million years you would see just the monster PCs that we have now? Yeah, it's, it's amazing the monster PCs we have that can crush any game you throw at it, but even some of the smaller PCs that, you know, it just depends on your need and what you have as a gamer. Our la all the Alienware laptops today are VR capable, so even the mobile uh, systems are coming up and having uh, really amazing performance that will encapsulate any type of gaming you can throw at it. And Alienware has really embraced the gaming community. Uh, what you guys are doing out there, you guys have like ones who are a part of teams um, that are rep Alienware, have an Alienware live uh, kind of a streaming show. I mean, you guys are like, you know, really full, full figured and, and just doing a lot of things out there when it comes to technology. Well, it actually all starts from our heritage and our roots. I mean, Alienware was a tiny little boutique PC vendor out of Miami, Florida. Um, and they made their reputation by supporting the gaming community, by being out there going to little local LAN tournaments. Um, you know, back when esports was just starting, being able to seed those gamers uh, and those professionals with systems to get them on rigs that would play the games the way that they needed to it. As we've expanded and grown, we've never forgot the community that got us here. Uh, we actually stream 24 hours a week on Alienware.tv. It gives us an opportunity to stay connected with our community, to have one-to-one -one conversations with them, um, to even be a listening ear on what they're experiencing with our products, uh, both good and bad, and understanding what they want to see in our next products coming down the road. So it's, it's an extremely important part of what we do. Uh, we spend a lot of time and resources, even money, being a part of those communities because it's what built Alienware and gave us the reputation that we have today. Chris, being in the gaming community for many years, what is your favorite game of all time? Oh, wow. Great question. Um, I'm actually going to have to go with Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, when that came out, it had just one of the most amazing storylines. Uh, it sucked me right in. I played right all the way through it. And it introduced a really cool co-op mode uh, that took me back to my Bond 64 days, which was a, uh, the Golden Gun, which was another classic, very good game. Uh, but I'd have to say if I had to pick, that'd be my favorite. An oldie, uh, but a favorite. And Chris, what has been the feedback of the fans here? at E3 since we know this is the first year it's open to the fans so you get the real criticism because fanboy is here so what's been the feedback? So far so good uh, you know it's really good connecting with the fans I love it that they opened up the show to let people come in I've talked to a few people from New York and Philadelphia uh, all over the country really making the trip to, to Mecca to come see what's happening in the gaming world uh, we love talking to fans we love hearing how much they love our products or just love gaming in general uh, we'll hear their complaints if they have them. Uh, many people do, and we'll fix them and take care of them as best we can. Awesome. Chris, anything else you'd like to articulate out there to the audience uh, before we let you go, my friend? Uh, just keep playing games. Uh, you know, we, we tell people that uh, people don't play Alienware systems. People, people don't play devices. They play games. Um, so, you know, we, we love the indie developers. Keep the content coming. Uh, we need to see much better VR content where this is going to be a marathon and we're just out of the starting gate. So it's, it's exciting for me to be a part of that world. 
Um, it'll be interesting when my kids grow up and uh, they'll be telling dad that he doesn't know how to work the VR contraption. I, I can't wait for that day. It'll be so fun. That is so true. And, and you know, I go back way to the Odyssey days of gaming. And uh, to see where we're at today, just think where we're going to be at 20 years from now. It's super exciting. I can't wait for Ready Player One to come out next year on the big screen, directed by Spielberg, and it'll bring the vision of VR to real life. And um, again, it's, it's exciting to be a part of building that today uh, and seeing where it'll go in 20 years just kind of blows your mind. Awesome. Chris, great talking to you. Hey, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. We're talking about the Area 51 and Alienware. Sean, what'd you think about that guy? Ooh, monster. And you notice a theme now. A lot of these uh, gaming consoles can be used for content creators, too. I know being a content creator, in, in addition to being a broadcast journalist and a bureau chief at ABC News, came in at 1490, had to put that out there. You need something that can push it out there. And... These computers now are deaf. Welcome back to the Tech Zone. Our third and final, no, fourth segment. We have four segments today on the show. Sean, I'm losing it. But hey, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind. Great content. We talked about Intel. We talked about Plantronics. Talked about Alienware and had some representatives uh, from their company joining us here on the show as we take a look back at our coverage at E3. But what I wanted to do was to take you on a trip down memory lane. Now, some of you will remember this. Sean, you probably remember this. Remember Justin.TV? Remember that platform that kind of shook the world in 2007? And remember what came in 2011? Twitch out of Justin.tv. And aren't we, we happy for that? Each day, millions, millions tune into Twitch uh, to watch some of the great gaming content. And it has helped me out of a couple of uh, couple of games out there when I was stuck. Sean, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's the leading video platform out there. And they are doing some amazing things when it comes to streaming. And just think, if that technology did not exist, some of us would be stuck on those levels, wouldn't we? But before we bring on our, on our guest uh, from Twitch, I'd like to give a shout-out to the PR wonderful, wonderful woman at Twitch, Aaron Fan. Aaron is... She is amazing. You know, sometime in this business, you run across people who are PR people who are just total jerks. I'm just being honest out there. One particular major uh, video game console manufacturer has one that's a huge jerk. I can't be sued because I'm not saying their name. But one day I will. But not Aaron. Aaron is amazing. She helped facilitate uh, this, this interview. Very accommodating. She's one of the best ones out there. Huge shout out to you, Aaron. And I heard she's a pretty good gamer too. But what I had a, the opportunity of doing was go to go to the T-Mobile Twitch Esports Arena. It was the first time that it debuted at E3. Got a chance to talk to the director of esports programming over there, Justin Delario, and had a great conversation of 
what it meant for them to be there and have that first ever esports arena. Well, you know, we're really interested in producing esports content pretty regularly, whether it's working with our big partner game publishers or some of the big brands that like to get involved in esports. And I think when we started thinking about what E3 was going to be like this year and the fact that it was now open to the public, we just thought it would really, it would, uh, it would really be good to bring something this cool to the audience because uh, not only is this event open to E3 attendees who are regularly walking by, but it's actually also open to the public. So we kind of, it's kind of like a spectacle anybody can come and see. It's technology focused, given that it's esports, but it's also like kind of uh, you know the future. Awesome! And those who are watching this live, you can come on down today because it gets started around noontime. But you want to get here a little early, beat that LA traffic, and come check out some of the great things. Uh, so, Justin, let's talk about the evolution of esports and where we see it at today. Because you, you've been in the game a long time. Now, are you shocked to see the growth that we see today? Uh, I would have to say that I'm not shocked, but except extremely proud that it's become it's come so far and is so organized and brands such as T-Mobile are interested in being such a big part of it. It's really exciting because uh, like many veterans in esports, I put in a lot of nights and weekends before there was even real jobs that paid in esports. But here I am now at you know Everything Electronic Expo, one of the biggest stages on earth for tech. And one of the biggest spectacles I think you could find here is this arena. It's, it's so awesome. And what's been the, the fan reaction? Because fans were able to come out and check out and watch uh, players battle, go head to head. What's been some of that fan reaction? Have you guys been able to check that out? Well, you know, what's interesting is uh, not only is this stage very attractive and it's a big spectacle, but the games that we're uh, competing in this weekend are all fighting game genre. And uh, that's a category of games that Southern California has a really, really strong community for. So that we're finding that a lot of people who are coming out and watching may not even be coming to E3 itself, but have come out here because they're getting to watch their favorite players compete on stage. And then when it comes to the actual attendees of E3, I think a lot of them, uh, you know, they've been to E3 before, they've seen the booths, They've seen all the releases and stood in the long lines, but as they're, you know, as they're walking around and getting outside, coming out to lunch, or even leaving at the end of the day, they're filling this area to its max capacity because this is something they've never before seen at E3, and I think it's adding a lot of value to uh, their trips. This is amazing because I'm sitting here, and when I found out that E3 was going to be open to the public this year, I was like, what are they going to do to really just, 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 just blow it up so the so the fans can come out? And what you guys are doing here at this arena. It's just fantastic. So what did it take to put something like this together and the planning behind it? Uh, well, it's quite an extensive process, but first and foremost, I mean, we wouldn't have been able to do it if we weren't working with our partners, ESA and IRL, who are behind E3. Just as much as we wanted to provide something awesome for fans, they were very interested in having this, you know, uh, this, this new type of entertainment spectacle adjacent to E3. So their support uh, was very crucial to setting up this whole event. But beyond that, even logistically, there's uh, four companies on the ground activating right now, from production to vendors that are hanging lighting, and even AEG, who uh, supports LA Live, where we're standing. Uh, it's many weeks of coordination and a lot of planning that brings all this together, and especially in the really short time windows that E3 provide, because if I set up an event this size and a lot of other places in the world, I might have three, four days that are just setup days. But we came in here and we set this up in a day, and then we went live the next day. One of the questions we got on social media in preparation for this interview was that, how did you pick the, the gamers to be a part of this? Sure, well, I mean, it, on one hand, it's really a, 
uh, a mixture of are they actually available to come compete because in the fighting game community there are some very big events going on. One of those is actually this weekend in Florida, it's called CEO, and a lot of our uh, Twitch fighting game representatives will also be there. So we had to be um, considerate of the, the traveling player schedules, but a lot of them were actually uh, keen to come here and then leave for Florida right after this event. But this is an invitational style fighting game event. We invited some of the people that we thought were the best pros to put on the most entertaining show here. And uh, we're Twitch, so everything we do is community first and all these players are also our partners. So it's, it's, sometimes, it's as easy as actually just picking up a phone. It's not a very long drawn out process uh, like you might find if you were booking talent more, uh, more traditionally. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm like fanboying right here because uh, I love Twitch, love what you guys are doing, and just being in front of the stage, it's like, wow, it's like a dream come true, my friend. <laughs> but uh, when, when we look at uh, going forward, um, is Twitch going to have other events like this where they are going to have an arena and, and showcase some of this great talent? Definitely. Actually, this style of event for us, which is more of a one-off esports event contained in a weekend, is something that we're doing at trade shows year-round, whether it's the Read Pop Exhibitions PAX events or Comic-Con such as New York or San Diego. We stand up stages just like this one. Of course, we're not always afforded with an infinite ceiling height, so you might not always find a 40-foot stage, but um, the, those events are very similar in scope. Um, beyond just those one-off events, though, uh, our department at Twitch, the eSports department, is working hand-in-hand -hand with several um, game publishers and developers to actually produce their live eSports with them. Uh, those events are uh, the Rocket League Championship Series, the Capcom Pro Tour, Injustice Pro Series, Tekken World Tour, Magic the Gathering Pro Tour, and many more. So this is a regular part of our business year-round. You know, and I've been a gamer for a long, long time. And I remember like fan, friends and family saying, you know, you're wasting your time gaming. Esports now, you can get paid. <laughs> it wasn't until a few years ago, but esports is definitely getting paid. <laughs> um, you know, I think that not only for the players competing, but the people behind the scenes that get to work on this type of uh, this type of entertainment and production and the business behind esports has come a long way in the last several years. Even and even if you look back just a few years ago when esports started to become a job, at the time it was esports person or esports specialist. Here we are now, and big companies like ours and uh, Intel, who you mentioned previously, they have. Uh, extremely large esports divisions where the talent who are fielding those positions are marketers, accountants, lawyers. So esports is definitely, uh, it's definitely an industry that's staffing up quite fast and it's really exciting to see all those professional skills come in and lift up the passion that's kind of already existed from the, who you might call the more esports folks for the last several years, yeah. In your capacity, um, what exactly do you do? Do you pick the right programming to, to air on Twitch or do you, uh, more of the uh, kind of like um, the trade show type program you put that together well what exactly do you do in your capacity so it's a little bit of all those things but I would say first and foremost it's less uh, necessarily selecting program as much as identifying those partners who are creating esports content on Twitch and very much taking an esports content success approach whether that's helping to develop existing content with partners who have an interest in growing their esports on Twitch, uh, acquiring new content, amplifying existing content, marketing or producing events like this. It's a mixture, it's very much a, an effort to identify what specific piece of content needs necessarily what levers turned. So how can one find out more information about what's coming down through the pipe, my friend? 
Uh, I would specifically follow Twitch or Twitch Esports on all social media channels. We're regularly promoting the um, biggest content that we work on, and Esports will be, can regularly be found being promoted by Twitch on our things like our front page. We keep it real on the tech zone, don't we? But I was talking to Justin and said, remember when people used to give people a hard time for playing video games, now people are making a living out of it. Mic drop. That's all I'm saying. Tell it like a T-I-E.